Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we have Bishop Donald DeGroote in the studio. He's coming in to talk to us about a couple of things about Set Ablaze. First, how it's going, and then to talk about the four pillars that basically undergird the structure of Set Ablaze and help in the planning part. So we're going to talk to you. We're going to have some biblical bites with Dr. B first, but Dr. B, what are the four pillars? <laughs> well, see, there's a couple of fours associated with a set of blaze. So I don't know if I know, would the pillars be the, the worship? And the, okay, okay, okay. Because there's a four A, I think the four aims. Yes. So, okay. So the four pillars, the four foundation stones that undergird yes. the blaze are, uh, it's four plus one actually, but we'll stick yes, with the four. Yes, yeah, we're talking about four today. Um, so worship, mm-hmm. discipleship, and evangelization. Mm-hmm. Um, service, mm-hmm. and then community mm-hmm. or family. Yes, yes. So we get to talk to Bishop about those and get his thoughts about them. Um, just help everybody kind of understand what's going on here. So yeah, biblical bites. Abrupt transition. What do you got? Yes, to- abrupt transition. <laughs> Wait, we'll talk about quiz- that in just a few minutes. Were you quizzing me? I'm curious. Yeah. Wow. Because Renee did say, "Hey, I'm going to ask you a question." Do we have time for asking a question? Said, sure. I didn't know it was going to be a quiz question. I forgot to say it. Oh, well. Um, pop quiz, hot pop quiz, hot shot. All right. Yep. Yeah, right. I forgot. Dang it. Dang it. <laughs> okay. So uh, today is the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Okay. We are in year A. So mm-hmm. Matthew, the cycle. I answer you know the questions. You are. I love it. Because we- You should you know, be asking time. Elise those today. I She's should, back on mic. Hi, Elise. Hello, everyone. Yes. <laughs> um, so Elise, normally, this is a yes or no question. Normally, uh, is the is there a theme that runs through all the readings at Mass, Elise? Higher. Only the second, or first in the Gospel. And, and the Psalm, yes. Oh, correct. yes, yes. So as it turns out, um, coincidentally, uh, providentially, there is actually a theme that includes the second reading today. Ooh. So last last week, we talked a little bit about the second reading. Um, we're, we're going through Romans mm-hmm. right now. And Paul was lamenting the fact that the majority of his fellow Jews at his time did not recognize oh, Jesus right. as the Jewish Messiah. Right. Um, in this Sunday, and he's continuing. So this is um, from Romans chapter 11. He's continuing with that, but he makes reference to the fact that he is, and we talked about this last week, he, I, am, I am the apostle to the Gentiles, he said, mm-hmm. which really fits in with the other themes um, or the, the other readings. The theme of the other readings is really about how all nations will come to oh, worship the sure. God of Israel. Yep. Uh, so in the gospel, we have one of those really fascinating um, gospel accounts where Jesus journeys to the north. So uh, for those of you watching the video, Elise, if you can pull up our map. We have a map. We have a map. Um, so Jesus is in, in Galilee and he journeys north of Galilee. You can see where there's Tyre and then Sidon. These are two shores, two cities on the seashore, man, two cities on the seashore of the Mediterranean Sea, um, where Canaanites live. These were Phoenician cities. Ah, okay. Phoenicia was a sea power. There was, had been a relationship at times positive between um, the Israelites and the uh, Phoenicians. Uh, for instance, during the time of David and Solomon, mm-hmm. there's a good relationship. But then Jezebel came from, oh, yes. you know, and we, we, you may not know who Jezebel is, but you know, it's you know, not good to be a Jezebel. Right. <laughs> um, so Jezebel came from Tyre, 
Uh, well, I think from Sidon specifically. So Jesus journeys here and he has an encounter with a pagan, a Gentile, a Canaanite woman who wants him to cast out a demon from her daughter. Oh, yeah. And there, we get the famous line um, basically about, we don't want to throw food to the dogs. Oh, yes, yes. So It in, sounds so mean. It does sound so mean. Jesus, uh, he said to this woman, it is not good to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, please, Lord, for even do- the dogs can eat the scrap, the, even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. And here, even though Jesus focused most of his attention on his fellow Jews, we see in this interaction a glimpse, a hint at the fact that ultimately all people will be invited to follow Jesus as the Messiah. Thanks a lot, Dr. B. On to our interview with Bishop DeCruz. In studio with me, I have Bishop Donald DeGrood. Welcome, Bishop. Hey, good to be with you. Haven't seen you for a little while again, at least in the studio. That's true. And it's always good to have you back. So um, we asked you to come in today to talk about Set Ablaze. And because uh, we are now moving into a whole different phase That's right. of Set Ablaze. So- before we start a conversation, I want to recap real quick for everybody what we've done Great. and where we are now. So we, of course, started Set Ablaze with a collection of a lot of data. Uh, in, and please jump in if I miss something, Bishop. Yep. Um, a lot of data around the diocese to help us uh, kind of understand where we are. Yeah, the current reality report. Yep, yep. And then we brought that report to several different groups, including the lay faithful at large, yeah. um, to get their feedback so that we could create maps to create pastorates yes. in the diocese. Yes. So we can kind of group everybody together into um, our former chancellor, very often called them uh, mission fields, Yes. which I think was a really good name for it. So um, we have done that. We've uh, created the pastorates, which everybody has seen now, uh, reassigned priests to some different things, assigned pastors. Uh, we have had a handbook created for the pastors to guide them. We have had uh, in-services for pastors and for parochial vicars and deacons and parish staffs to kind of get everybody on the same page. We've, of course, moved into our new pastorates. Well, that's mostly priests. Yes. <laughs> we didn't have to move anywhere, thank goodness. So the, the pastorates have officially begun. That's basically where we are now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what stirs in my heart as you're recalling all of that is just gratitude. Yeah. You know, the feedback from the laity in addition to the clergy and from around the diocese was just so helpful. And it was fascinating to me how that feedback actually helped change the structural plan, Mm -hmm. which was which parishes would be in which pastorate. So it's it's really beautiful for me to watch the Holy Spirit, and that's really what I'm looking for. Yeah. He's really looking for the Holy Spirit working in the laity and mm-hmm. the clergy and together. And now it's the very exciting stage, but challenging stage, right, of yep. pastoral planning. Mm-hmm. What is the Holy Spirit doing in us today? Yeah. Where are we thriving? Where is God blessing us? Where are the opportunities? Mm-hmm. So it's a very um, exciting time from my vantage point yeah. of now. I really want to listen Pray mm-hmm. and listen to what's stirring in the hearts of the faithful under their pastors and the clergy they're working with to really uh, let the Holy Spirit inspire yeah. what he wants within the particular parts of the diocese because they're very different. Yeah. Oh, for, for sure. For lots of reasons. Yep. All right. So the other thing I want to do real quick is remind everyone of what the four what the four aims, the purposes of Set Ablaze are. Because this is really important. It 
This isn't necessarily being done because we're in some emergency about priest numbers. In 10 years, that's going to look a little different, probably. Well, because we know retirements are coming up. But right now, we're not in an emergency state, so we want to deal with this now before we are. So the four aims, and I'm going to just kind of read these, it is to prioritize and align our resources, gifts, and talents, clergy, and energy towards a focused, sustained, and intentional effort effort to build a culture of lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. Secondly, to maximize the complementarity, that's a hard word to say, of priestly gifts to best advance our diocesan vision. Third, to scale the resources so each pastorate may be appropriately staffed and equipped for this effort. And D, to promote the proper co-responsibility of the lay faithful in the church's mission. So, Bishop, there's two things I want to talk about to begin with. One is that co-responsibility of the lay faithful, and I think there's something that you actually have for us that's really, really good from the church. And then also to talk about the aspirational part of this process. So, can you start with the co-responsibility? Absolutely. So, uh, the church has had such a beautiful vision, um, and even in our diocese, it's been so beautiful, because if we think of the immigrants when they first came, they came from various countries. Mm -hmm. And their faith was so vibrant that the faith was alive and they would begin to develop uh, Catholic life within mm-hmm. various parts of the diocese. And then eventually the priests would come, yeah. right? So right, right. the role of the laity in the history of our diocese and the history of the church is so crucial. Mm-hmm. And Vatican II really did a beautiful job trying to help us understand the role of the laity in the life of the church. There's actually a document from Vatican II, um, and I can read a little part of yeah, that if that's- Yeah, if you would, that would be great. Because it kind of just summarizes a little bit. And mm-hmm. this is really one of the great uh, desires I have as bishop, um, is really to help the faithful understand the beautiful right, privilege, mm-hmm. and responsibility that they have for the vibrancy of the life of yes, the church. Yes, Not just within their own faith life, within their own families, right. their neighborhoods, their workplaces, but the church too. Yeah. And what does that look like? So this is uh, from the uh, the section that's on the laity in okay. the Va- Second Vatican II documents. So it speaks about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sanctifies the people of God through the ministry and the sacraments and for the exercise of the apostolate, gives the faithful special gifts besides. So this goes to back to 1 Corinthians. Mm-hmm. Allotting them to each just as the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, chooses. So that putting at the service of others the grace received, all may be good stewards of God's varied gifts for building up the whole body of charity. So in other words, every single one of us, lay person, regardless of the age, all uh, religious, all consecrated men and women, all of us clergy, we're all given particular graces Mm -hmm. and gifts, not just naturally, but supernaturally. Mm -hmm. And so the mission that I have as bishop, the role I have as bishop is to try to gather those gifts, see where the Holy Spirit's stirring. Yes. And I delegate that out to the pastors within each of these pastorates to listen to where's the Holy Spirit stirring within their community? What are the needs? Where are the opportunities? Mm-hmm. So that's really, it goes from the reception of these charisms. So charisms is another word for gifts, right. like spiritual gifts. Even the most ordinary ones, they follow for all Christian believers, the right and duty to use them in the church and in the world for the good of humanity and the development of the church to use them in the freedom of the Holy Spirit who chooses where to blow. So that's from John That's a beautiful 8. line, isn't it? So yeah. the Holy Spirit, where's the Holy Spirit blowing? And mm-hmm. that's that's what my whole heart has been telling me through all of this, the set of blazes, 
just begging God to light the hearts of the faithful, the consecrated, the clergy, to see where the Holy Spirit's leading us today. Mm-hmm. He's leading and calling us to be lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through his love. Mm-hmm. What does that look like practically? Right, right. And that's the part of the pastoral planning that excites me. Yes. To see what's going to happen in yes. the hearts of the people with their pastors. Then it goes on at the same time in communion with the sisters and brothers in Christ and with the pastors especially. For it is the pastors to pass judgment on the authenticity and the good use of these gifts, not certainly with the view of quenching the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, but testing everything and keeping what is good. That goes back to First Thessalonians. So the whole point is the pastors have a particular responsibility mm-hmm. to listen to the movement of the Holy Spirit within their faithful, within God's grace gives to them, so as to coordinate, if you will, all the charisms, the apostolates yeah. of the people of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just some beautiful little teachings that helps understand why we're doing yeah. what we're doing. Yeah, here. I love that. So really the the main engine of Set Ablaze is aspirational. And uh, we, we're embarking on the, the point where we have our uh, pastoral planning committees that will be gathering in parishes and in, past, in pastorates uh, to start looking at these aspirational goals. And with input from the faithful in their pastorate, um, so why, why aspirational goals first? Why not talk about mass times first and, and all of those things? Yeah. Yeah. Why are we doing that? It's beautiful. The most <laughs> important thing is we want to listen to the Holy Spirit and what is it that he's calling us to? And then we figure out how we do that. Right. Right. So the mass times are the how, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. So, um, but to answer the question about the aspirational, this was very, at being aspirational goals, this was very clear in my prayer and my discernment that what God's calling us to is spiritual aspirational goals. Yes. So it's not just what might I as a human being desire for an aspirational goal for my community, right? Right. right. It's what is the Holy Spirit inspiring us as a community of believers to have his goals for the animation, for bringing alive the light of the faith mm-hmm. and sharing that good news with others. Mm-hmm. And then we get down to all the practicals, which would lead to eventually conversations, questions about what do, what are the mass times? Right. So this comes to me because back in 2007, when I was on sabbatical in Rome, I was praying about all the topics I wanted to study, mm-hmm. right? I had all these spiritual topics and the Lord kept bringing me back to the role of the lady in the life of the church in the world. Oh, this is a story I haven't heard before. Oh, I always love to keep surprises. <laughs> so this was stirring deep in my heart all along. I'm like, Lord, what are you doing now? I understand. Yes. Because what's He's needed- preparing you. Well, there yeah. he always. Yes. <laughs> he prepares all of yes. us. So what we really need today is a rediscovery of that role of the laity, but mm-hmm. it's all in a very coordinated, humble way within the life of the local pastorate and within the local uh, diocese, mm-hmm. within the universal church, right? We don't just go off and do our own thing. Right. We know the teachings of the church, we receive them in their fullness. We carry those as tremendous treasures. And then how does the Lord desire us mm-hmm. to share those within our community? So whether it's caring for the homeless, whether it's educating people in the faith, the kids or young adults or senior citizens, mm-hmm. how do we care for our elderly? Right. What are the spiritual aspirational goals that God's stirring within our yeah. hearts? And then to empower everybody to go out. Everybody has an apostolate. Mm-hmm. That's probably yes. the most important thing. The apostolate meaning God wants me to do something spiritual in the church and the world, mm-hmm. both, uh, so as to bring the light of Christ into the right. world and into the church. Right. One thing I recently learned about the apostolate is 
That doesn't necessarily mean you have to go out and start a Bible study with a bunch of people. It, there are many ways. An apostolate could be um, getting to know your neighbors. You're, you're literally your neighbors better and helping them find their faith, find God more, whatever it is, or someone in your family. There's lots of apostolates out there that have nothing to do with a formal, we're going to do this on Thursday nights and I'm going to bring a bunch of people here or whatever it is. Yeah, God so. might be stirring in the hearts in those areas where, um, you know, there's prisons yeah, or local jails. Like I just, my heart is just really moved and care for them. And what is the Lord calling me to do? Right. And then to bring myself forward, to presenting myself to say, what can we do to help yep. those who are incarcerated? Yep. What can we do to help our homebound? Yeah. What are we doing oh, to visit? Yeah. Call them, send letters to them, right? You let yep. the Holy Spirit move within our hearts. Yeah. And then we take the action that's a coordinated effort under the pastor. Yeah, for sure. So as the, okay, so I want to make sure that everybody kind of knows what the pastoral planning committee is especially going to be doing. Because I think that's a big question in everybody's head. It's like, well, what does this, what's going to happen now? So those committees will be beginning with the aspirational goals and they'll be answering questions around four pillars. And those four pillars are worship, discipleship and evangelization, service and community. And there will be questions asked like, what do we want to achieve as a pastorate? Um, what gifts and resources do we have currently to get there? Um, how can we elevate, build, or, or order our efforts at those things? Um, and then there's practical decisions that will be made later after those aspirational goals are, are kind of figured out. So, Bishop, I want to go through each one of these. Um, okay. We have our so the first one. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the ask, the pillar. The, I'm gonna read the goal because each one has a specific goal that they'll be looking at, and then we'll kind of talk about some of the questions that could be asked in both the laity's head as they go to town hall meetings and things mm -hmm. like that, and those committees as they're working. So Great. we're gonna start with worship. The goal for that is to develop a prioritized plan to elevate, enhance, and cultivate our experience of worship as an expression of lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. So that's a lofty goal, but it's a very, I mean, you have to start with worship, right? Indeed. You have to. We're here to give glory so, and honor to God. Yes, yes. So some of the questions, um, let's, they're broken up into like each word that I think this was brilliant. This was Father Scott Trainer who put this together here. You break, we break them up into each word of the vision, discipleship yeah. and missionary, Catholic, lifelong. So one of them was, how might our worship draw people into a deeper relationship with God? And there are a couple other questions there. So how do you see this working? I mean, I, there's some really good questions here. Are there any that really strike you specifically, do you think? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, uh, I think it'd be fair to say different ones strike me at different yeah. times. <laughs> I think that's going to be the way it is for all of us. And that's so, good, yeah. right? Yeah. So these questions that are laid out, they're not like all-inclusive, right? It's right. just to help the people of God, their pastors yep. start, and clergy or religious to start reflecting upon mm -hmm. what might be the things that the Lord is calling us to. Yes. So for example, um, you could take a look at the devotional life, right? Yeah. So one of the questions is, how's the devotional life of our families? Mm. Uh, and how might it be enhanced? So. Yeah. What does that look like? How yeah. might we enhance it? And so th that's where listening to the Spirit, see where people's hearts are sharing. Talk so to families. Talk to yeah. families. Yeah. Get little groups together to, mm -hmm. you know, uh, pray some devotionals mm -hmm. and various sorts. With the, we're so rich in our history with so many yeah. devotionals. Yeah. 
So that would be an example, maybe uh, what might enhance the beauty of our worship. Yes. Right? So uh, they might say, well, gosh, maybe if we did something in our sanctuary space, maybe if we, uh, you know, let's really focus on how people dress, encouraging them to like, let's dress nice for Sunday. Sure. Right? Or let's, um, you know, come a little bit early. Let's take a few moments afterwards and kneel down and pray. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different ways, like what could enhance the sense of the reality of the sacred? Yes. Could be another thing that just all of a sudden starts stirring and it's in the people's hearts. Mm -hmm. And so there's this inspired aspirational goals just on some questions to help start the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think things like what can increase our reverence at mass and how can that, how can we... What things can we do to help people feel that reverence more? Things like that. Yes. So, okay, good. So the next one, discipleship and evangelization. The goal there is to make our efforts of discipleship and evangelization more intentional, consistent, and fruitful. Fruitful, I think is a really good word there. Uh, To build a culture of lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. So this, of course, is something that we're very focused on in the chancery because our, our discipleship and evangelization team works on this a lot. And we do actually communications quite a lot as well. And this is something that might feel kind of new, some people, and scary. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but there are a lot of good questions here. Bishop, were there any here that struck you? Well, I think certainly for myself, I, knew, I know when I was a little kid and when, as a lay person, I was just like afraid I don't yes. know why. There was like some sort of stumbling block, some sort of hindrance. Like, I don't know what to share where mm-hmm. and how do I do this? I don't feel equipped. I feel that a lot. Yeah. So part of it is for us to just name that reality. If mm-hmm. that's maybe some of our faithful have very similar experiences as I did, which is very common mm-hmm. in today's world. It's like, okay, well, that's what it is. But then what would be steps to overcome that? Yeah. So let's start with just conversations amongst ourselves. And then all of a sudden I start knowing the faith more. Maybe it is a Bible study or you know, catechism in the year, whatever mm-hmm. else, if I don't feel equipped, okay, what might be some resources? And then yeah. I'm gonna start talking to people about like, yeah, this yes. is what it means in my life. This is how I experience it. Yep. So it could be things like, what are stumbling blocks? Um, I think another one is uh, that we have in the handbook is how might we experience mass specifically and in our parish life more mm-hmm. generally as the place where we are empowered by God's grace to make disciples of each person Mm-hmm. How might we improve that? Yeah. So again, for me, it was like more of the personal relationship with God and how yeah. do I grow? I didn't have that sense as a kid so much about like, I need to go out and I need to sure. share the good news, yeah. right? Yeah. And with a, you know, five boys sitting around the table, we don't sit around and talk about, hey, how are we going to share the gospel today? <laughs> you know, that just Even wasn't our thing. Even from your family. <laughs> so it's just, it can be an uncomfortable thing for whatever reasons. It's certainly, you know, in the complex world we live in today, people could be afraid to speak mm-hmm. of their faith. We're like, no, there's nothing to be afraid of. Right. And that's right. what happened to the apostles. When the Holy Spirit got a hold of them, it didn't matter. Yeah. They were out there. They were vibrant. They were bold. They were on fire with the Lord. And Jesus didn't pick all of the experts in the law and no, scripture. No, no. He took the ordinary dudes and said, <laughs> I'm going to give you what you need, and you're going to go out and evangelize. Yeah, totally and then did. they did. Yes. So that's really what we're praying for. And that's so important in this whole thing is to pray that the fire of the Holy Spirit's going to ignite our hearts, every single one of us. That's been my prayer. Yep. I've been spending more time in prayer, praying for the laity, praying for our pastors and our clergy so that the Holy Spirit's just going to come alive. And all of a sudden, we're just going to start being reinvigorated in whole new ways. And we all need to encourage all of us to just really pray hard for this and then to take action. Get over that awkwardness, which I took me lots of years and I'm still working on, right? 
It is a process. But it's wonderful. Yeah. When we can share the faith and share just, and, and it could be very easy. Invite people over for dinner and we just talk about our faith. You know, why, why God's important to me? What have I experienced in my prayer life? What's challenging to me? And then we're not all alone. And all of a sudden it's easy. Start talking where it's easy. So real quick, we don't have a very important as well, but service, uh, the goal there is to build lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love by intentional, sustained, and growing efforts of Christian service in the pastorate. So a couple of the questions that might be asked are, uh, what needs are present in our communities that offer an opportunity for the witness of service in the name of Jesus? I think we just have to remember that when we serve in our communities as Catholics, that is a witness that people see, and that can have a Huge impact on people. Yes. I'm sure you've seen that. Yes. Yeah. Um, And then the last one, community, which of course we're trying to build within our pastorates and within the communities, the other people in our pastorates who may not be Catholic. Um, So the goal is to build authentic relationships and habits of community among the families, parishes, and communities of the pastorate. So you might have things like, how might we promote family-to-family building of friendships within and beyond the parish? This to me is just critical. Like the yes. family is the key. Yes. And we have to, like I said, we need to go out and talk to people and yes. not be afraid. So yes. Bishop, is there anything else? That was a really quick run through, but we have so little time here. <laughs> yes, you captured it <laughs> but, so beautifully. Yeah. So it's really about allowing the Holy Spirit to ignite our hearts. Uh, this whole pastoral planning is not from the bishop top down, mm-hmm. giving every detail in every parish how it's going to work. It's stepping back, letting the Holy, creating a structure by which these conversations can happen yes. in a godly way, really inviting people to pray and to discern how's the Holy Spirit calling us to serve in light of the world today. And then to for them to propose a plan to me yeah. as bishop. Yep. And so by May, I'm waiting for those. I'll be waiting mm-hmm. for those pastoral plans. And just know of my prayers again and my encouragement and gratitude, gratitude to the laity, uh, who their staffs, our clergy, our consecrated people who already have been so active in the life in the church and encouraging everyone to become part of it and find, yeah. discover what God's calling them to do. And then how those efforts can be coordinated within their pastorate for the good of the whole of the pastorate. Yes, yes. So that we're seeking the good of the whole of yep. all of us, yep. not just our particular desires. Yeah, I really, I'm really excited to see where this all goes. I think that I think there's going to be a lot of beautiful things that arise from it. And I hope that uh, that we, and I, we've actually put this in the bulletin several times, and I just want everyone to be as open as they can be to wherever the Spirit's leading them. And make sure it's the Holy Spirit. Yes. And and run with that instead of, don't don't close yourself off to the process and, and just really think as Catholics, if we can come together and do this, it's going to be really fantastic. Yeah. And so, the acknowledgement that it'll be challenging. It it'll will be, be challenging, but when we're stretched for greater glory, mm-hmm. great things happen. The apostles had a huge challenge. So yeah, if they, yeah, can, yeah, if they can do it, we can do it for sure. If God could do it in them, he will do it yes, in us. Yes, he will. Bishop, before we go, would you give us all a blessing, please? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, Son, of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, I pray your grace and blessing upon all the laity and their pastors and the clergy within their uh, pastorates, which includes the staff and all the many wonderful volunteers and all the faithful. Just pray, Lord, that... Many will participate and to pray and to discern, to listen to the Holy Spirit, and then to be invigorated to go and to live that faith and to share it in the world and in the church. And so may the blessing of Almighty God be upon all of you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, Bishop, for taking some time out for us. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks. All right, if you want to learn more about Set Ablaze, you can go to setablazesf.org anytime. You got lots of information there, videos with Bishop and Father Scott and all kinds of things there. So be sure to check it out. That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views.